He knows when you're on the can. He'll hunt you down and blast your ass from here to Pakistan. Oh. You better not breathe. You better not move. You better off dead, I'm telling you, dude. Santa Claus is gunning you down. Hello, 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 and welcome to this very special Christmas episode of Pilot Light, a podcast where we watch a Christmas episode of a series, and then we talk about it. Ho, ho, ho. My name's David. <laughs> My name's Sam, and ho, 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 holy shit, we're watching Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my name's Joe, and this is another pointless podcast where we accomplish nothing. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so, so this week, uh, kicking off, I suppose, on the, on the pilot light side, our, um, our Christmas month of uh, Christmas spirit, even though we're all locked in our houses because of a pandemic. Um, We watched the first Christmas episode of Futurama, uh, which is the episode four of season two, uh, which aired on December the 19th in the year of our Lord, 1999. (laughs) The last century. Wow, time has passed. You forget how old Futurama is, don't you, really? really do. It's like, my goodness, this show is extraordinarily old. Um, and we are old also. I think, yes, we are We are stuck inside. We are living through uh, one of the worst um, events of the last of this century and, and possibly even the first half, the last half of the, the, of the last one. So I think what we need is the warming glow of television. That's what we need to keep us going through these difficult times, watching movies... Watching TV shows and Christmas specials, I think, are a, a important part of our of our uh, Christmas um, celebrations. You know, all everyone come together for the Christmas episode of whatever show we happen to be watching uh, well, at the time. That's an excellent point, Sam. And um, I think that this is another opportunity to let's set aside Futurama for just a second. Uh, we will come back to it. Um, Christmas episodes are kind of like a I would love to if I had access to all the data in the world and you know the ability to comprehend and interpret it. Um, I would love to know the, the prevalence of Christmas episodes in you know modern series um, because, like you said, I think all the best examples of Christmas episodes I can think of are all probably about probably pre two thousand and eight. Because I think in a world of of streaming, and and this is sometimes the case when you watch even you binge watch something like Futurama is in June when all the Christmas episodes are on and you're like, well, it feels like the wrong time of the year to be watching this. <laughs> yeah, the, the last last kind of decent Christmas episodes I can think of are from the Office US version and things yeah. like that. Friends has some decent... Yeah, Scrubs. Um, again, I think that's maybe like more of a symptom of when we were kids. I say else. friends, but that's from around a similar time as this, so that's yeah, not that's really true. more recent. Um, but you, uh, are, you are 58 years old, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, back in the 40s when Joe was 28. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Christmas Christmas specials are and and it is it is it is quite an American thing, isn't it? Like we get the Christmas episode. Um I was thinking of the 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 office, the the Amer- the, the British office um as being like they had this a, a Christmas special which is now long, but it, it's things like even Fresh Prince Bel-Air, um uh, Modern Family's got a couple of good Episode probably the best one though is Seinfeld, um, with, with with the Festivus, um, 
episode. Yeah, so there's 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 a, there's a long history of this, and I think it just it is a it's a kind of important part of of Christmas, um, and and maybe and maybe something that's a little bit lost. And I think the reason that we don't necessarily have this anymore is because we don't have the same monoculture that I think that we used to have, and so there were only a certain amount of episodes of anything. You know, and and your access to the to to anything was extremely limited. It was based on whatever the network, um, you know, whether that's well, American um, network or television has kind of died to death, hasn't it, Sam? Totally. So, bringing the whole family together to watch something is is kind of much more ad hoc now. It's much more. Oh, what should we watch tonight? Oh, I saw that on Netflix or whatever else, and we'll go from there. Whereas appointment television, you know, like coming together to watch. Uh, single show that everyone loves and here they're going to have a Christmas spin is kind of not really the world we live in anymore. I think that's a real loss. Um, no, it's a holdover and I, I don't know if I'd say it's a loss. It's certainly a thing. Um, <laughs> but I think that, um, I guess on the other end Grinch. of it, is what I've noticed this year, um, uh, certainly um, because every time I go to a mother's house it seems to be a, ne- a Netflix Christmas film that came out this year on. Um, I think that that's where we've gone, really. Like, instead of having a TV show with, you know, the people, you know, the characters that you know from from a TV show doing a Christmas episode, you have kind of, like, these much more disposable, like, straight-to-streaming, like, movies. Like, you know, it's 90 minutes and, you know, there's a, a good, wholesome Christmas story going on. You know, they're yeah. all quite well-made and forgettable. Um, and I think that's maybe where we've landed. But like you said, yeah. we've maybe lost some of that... Um, appointment tv and some of that like seasonalness of it so what we're what we're trying to do in this i guess over the next um three episodes is is you know bring us remind us why we like christmas specials even shows that don't really would think deserve or or warrant um or even fit having an episode like like having a christmas one i think when when you get them it's just a nice little twist and obviously reflects how tv's made and i think the prevalence of it in america as well because a lot of tv show runs over the winter period when people inside and then they have a mid-season break or whatever else and they well they, the the season away schedule the summer. isn't it is from september to may ish yeah when it's dark and everyone's inside looking for stuff to do so and that's maybe less so in 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 the UK, so maybe it's always dark else. and cold outside. So. Yeah, because yeah. I can watch whatever I want at three AM on the toilet. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, what do I need to? What do I need to subscribe to a bloody TV schedule for? <laughs> well done, humanity. So, um, in this episode, though, let's let's get back into Futurama, Xmas story, um, uh, which is uh, this is this is such a good episode of television. It really, really it is, is so funny. Such a good episode of television. Uh, and in, in in this episode, we get um, Fry, who's learning how Christmas has changed and remained the same over the last thousand years, when a robot Santa terrorises New New York. <laughs> I mean, just that in itself it's, is fabulous. It's a great way that it unfolds. So kind of like um, this era of Futurama, and, and it takes a lot of this from The Simpsons, I think, in terms of the plot structure, is you start out and you have like your first act, so to speak, is totally fucking unrelated to the main plot. So the first act in this episode is that Fry and Leela and Bender and the whole Planet Express crew go skiing, question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and this kind of leads us into the whole Christmas thing, but like, uh, 
I guess do we want to talk about the plot in a bit bit of detail, maybe? Yeah, um, yeah. So that that ski trip is is kind of where Fry starts to um, feel a little bit nostalgic for the the Christmases that he used to have back in the twentieth century. It, it does, it does is, a really really good job though, because like for the first half of the episode, you don't really realize like there's, there's little differences basically between Christmas as we would know it and what Fry would know it, and kind of what Christmas is now like in the future for the Planet Express crew, and there's little things that pop up that are different, and you sat there like, well that's a little bit different, and, and then like but the actual the big one about like Santa and things, they actually do a really good job because it isn't until about halfway through that they go, oh yeah, and by by the way, Santa's like a psychotic killer. <laughs> it's um, a really, it's a really good reveal, and also, you kind of don't quite buy it. Like, and I've yeah. seen this episode dozens of times. Like, I've seen most of Futurama. Like, they tell Fry, "Oh, Santa's a homicidal robot made in the 28th century um, who will murder you if you're out in the streets at night." And you're like, "Yes, what are the rules here?" Um, and then, <laughs> but you don't expect you don't you don't expect you expect it to be maybe like a throwaway joke, and it turns out it's the it's the this yeah. kind of like stab of the episode, but let's talk about this sequentially. Let's talk about this ski segment. Yeah, so they're 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 skiing, and I think I think this is a, this is an episode that just has so much packed into it. Like every every ten seconds, thou cup overfloweth. <laughs> yeah, it's really, and 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 we get we get a bit where um, he's Fry's feeling nostalgic. He really wants to. Uh, go back to the the Christmases of his childhood, where you know would play with toys and Christmas trees and snow and all these other things. And so they take him to um, cut down a Christmas tree. And this is the first. You, Joe, you mentioned those like little touches. This is the first moment where we start to see the real difference between um, a 30th century Christmas and the 20th century Christmas, where they go and cut down a Christmas tree, and actually. Um, it's a palm tree because <laughs> because pine trees are extinct, which I think yes. is a great pine trees have it's been a great extinct for eight hundred years. You idiots! Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's just and that's one of the great examples of where, <laughs> excuse me where they they do subvert the Christmas thing, and this is what's probably the best thing about this episode is how it takes all of the stuff that we know about Christmas and then teases it and completely you know ridicules some of it. And kind of switches on its head, so we we get a new, different take on the kind of Christmas story, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The, so, the actual the actual line is: um, "It's pine trees have been extinct for eight hundred years, Fry. Gone the way of the poodle and your primitive notions of modesty." And he proceeds to just like strip naked. There's a lot um, of that in this episode. And he goes, he goes, ah, brisk, which is one of my like <laughs> regular quote lines. I just love yeah. that. So let's talk about maybe. Um, so I don't. Before we move on from a ski bit, I want to really like. I want to really delve into this. Like there's some quite funny gags in this little bit and some funny jokes. Um my probably like the standout like funny joke is um Amy's in the ski lodge and there's this guy with a broken leg. Um and she's sort of like, Oh, you broke your leg, eh? And they're, like they're flirting and things. And then somebody is wheeled in who's in a full body cast and she's like, excuse me, and she walks over and starts flirting with him instead. Yeah, and we 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 really get it. we underline how um, much of a freak Amy is. Yeah, which which I don't think we see that much in the first season. This is season two, two. episode eight, um, and this is where we we get much more. We get much more of like Futurama is obviously evolving, the, TV, the the show's evolving, and we see much more of Amy kind of doing her thing. 
Uh, very sexually liberated, which is good for her. We that's, get a lot of character development across the board. I think there's a good, there's a lot of good Zoidberg stuff in this. Um, oh, I really I like the animation of him skiing. Um, and he's like, rather than standing on the skis, he's got like his feet on one of the skis and his hands on the other one. Yeah, well, and he's like a crab. He's like he's a crab, crab walking. Yeah. There's honestly, and we'll get into it because a lot of my favourite bits from this episode are Zoidberg bits. Because a lot of my favourite bits from this series are Zoidberg bits, but. Um, you know, there's some re- this really great animation where he comes like skiing down, and you know it's just a nice bit of cute animation, and he doesn't get horribly injured, and we don't get to have a laugh. It's just, you know, well thought out. Yeah, even even the professor skiing asleep. Yeah, he's just yeah. asleep. Because there's a bit that he cuts to like I think it's Bender and Leela, is it? Look at him, look at him go. Um, it's, it's not Bender and Leela, it's Bender and Amy. Maybe look at him go. Also, uh, and then they look down, and it's like there's the uh, professor doing all these like slick moves, and they like cuts to him, and he's there snoring away. Um, <laughs> and and it's he, bit... he, like he comes back around, and he, he literally glides into the hotel, yeah. and he comes back around. He's like, what, what, what? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's really, I think it's a, such a strong, strong opening. And then from here, we this is where we kind of start to, um, we we start to get the the probably the B plot maybe of the episode maybe the A plot I can't really decide but it's Fry um, being upset about yeah Fry being upset about his Christmas is the A plot and then under, up with that is kind of Leela who has it doesn't like Xmas as it's called um, rather than Christmas because it's a, you know non-Christian. Um, well, I ax you, Sam. Um, I ax you. Great, love it. She's she's an orphan. She didn't get Christmas, so um, she's a bit upset about all of this stuff and storms off um, in tears and and doesn't really want to. You know, I think Fry making a big deal of it is is kind of what. Uh, sets her off. Yeah, yeah, they all they, they all get Christmas cards apart from Leela, basically. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they all yeah. they all get Christmas cards, and then there's none for Leela. And then she like <laughs> Hermes, goes to like Hermes talk says, to. He says, um, "Oh, and one last letter for, you know, what's it? Why is it the something something? Um, oh, the attractive, uh, the, the loveliest, most attractive member of the crew, or something like that." And he goes, oh. "Me," and he walks out of the room. <laughs> And, and Lita tries to go to Fry to like discuss it, or you, you know, she's just like kind of walking through, trying to like, she's basically trying to hide her feelings and stuff. And then Fry kind of like has a bit of a pop at her, sort of like, oh, you know, can you not see him struggling because I'm out of my time zone at Christmas, this, that, or the other? And it basically like tips her over the edge and she runs off crying. Um, yeah, that, that's a Ray plot, really, isn't it? Like, it's a Fry and Leela story, and, and, you know, Fry, like, it's a good early episode where Fry has a bit of introspection and maybe. You know, I think the other the, the other staff point out to him why she's upset, but you know he does yeah. then try and fix it. And that's, yeah, he that's decides to go out and buy her really. a present, and yeah. that's that's when you that it's only then that you actually find out um, that they they tell him about um, Santa that he has to be back before dark because evil Santa will be on the lookout, um, and he kind of doesn't really believe them. Um, he's like, ah, I'd be fine, you know, this evil Santa, he won't kill me. Um, but yeah, he kind of goes around all these shops trying to buy a present for her, um, and eventually looks. He's in a pet shop. Um, Listen, you're the last place like, open. Do I get a thousand uh, yes. stink lizards, five hundred <laughs> stink lizards, or one parrot? Stink lizards, parrot. Stink lizards, parrot. Oh, there's electric electric snails as well. That's what the the owner of the shop tries to get him to buy an electric one of our snail. Hottest items. <laughs> um, in this, I like um, I like Farnsworth in in this episode. There's so many. The the thing where he's walking around naked, 
is amazing. I think Farnsworth is probably my favorite character in all of Futurama. Like it's just every line is just quality. My favorite one actually is he says, "You should be ashamed of yourself, Fry." As he's upset, Leela, you'd have to be blind not to notice that Leela's a cyclops. And he's just out and he's talking to Hermes. He's talking to Hermes. Fry's over there. Oh, what? He's like dancing around. It's just absolutely hilarious um and and i think where where yeah so we, we we set up this conflict and it does it does um it's obviously a nice kind of like christmas thing going on with you know everyone kind of considerate looking after each other but also it, it hints to the future um relationship that fry and leela um get to i don't know how much they were aware of that and actually this is one of the, i think one of the first episodes that they came up with, um, other than the pilot. Yeah, I think it was certainly one of the first they pitched, but basically yeah. the network, I think, had some reservations about maybe... What's the word? I think, I think they thought it was too controversial because they were because it's 1999 and also because they were really, really aping... Um, Christmas, and as we can, as we'll see, yeah, it's it, it's not it, it's a Christmas episode, but it's it's not. I wouldn't say it's very Christmassy, almost. You know what I mean? It's it's like almost it's mocking kind of, Christmas. It's, yeah, it's tearing down like the institutions of Christmas. Yeah, um, thank God. By the way, there's no mention of even Robot Jesus in this episode, and I, that's that's a major plus in my book. Although um, that that is another that is another subplot to this is Bender going and working uh, he he goes and volunteers at the homeless robot shelter and then proceeds to pretend to be homeless himself and drink um, and, booze, yeah. and steals that's, that's and steals, the steals food from Tinny Tim um. the best joke in the entire episode by the way which I think Sam missed <laughs> and I definitely missed until I watched it yesterday yeah Tinny um, Tim yeah it's Tinny, Tinny t- Tim. the one the one legged robot with a crutch who we see he's in throughout Futurama. Um, who I always thought was called Tiny Tim is actually Tinny Tim because he's a robot, which um, is so obvious. Like we 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 should be ashamed of ourselves for not getting that sooner. Of course, it's Tinny Tim. No, you add you know one what? in, and there you what? go. It's a, it's, a, it's a compliment to the episode and to Futurama's general like writing, where they don't pause to let you like hear the joke. They don't stop the episode to be like, oh, "This is really funny, isn't it?" It's just there, and like so, it is really easy to miss. It's one line. There's so many of them that it'd be impossible to catch them all, and that's what makes it so much fun to go back and watch mm-hmm. them, because there'll always be a joke you've not remembered. And this episode especially is really dense with the jokes, and it's quite a lot like um... there's there's a line there's a line from Linda the TV um, thing where she's at she's at the the robot um, shelter, and she and she she's looking around homeless robots too poor to afford even the basic alcohol they need to fuel their circuits. Is there anything sadder? Only drowning puppies. And there would have to be a lot of them, and there's just <laughs> there's just jokes like that that are just so well pitched and just totally totally hilarious. Um, and again, really at odds with the Christmas spirit. And you know, like this is this is again subverting the kind of usual thing that we've got um, going on. Yeah. Um, so from from there, really, we have like a you know, Fry's Fry's bought his parrot from the pet shop, and and you kind of have Leela leaves uh, Planet Express. To find him because it's getting to, you know it's getting to half past four, which is nightfall, um, and you know Bender's out with his crew of robots stealing, and you kind of get like the 
the set piece, the pieces move in to get to get our final act. Um, yeah, basically the parrot um, bites Fry on the nose and escapes from its cage. So he proceeds to then try and recapture it because obviously he's bought this five hundred dollar parrot that you know for Bleeder as this gift, the perfect gift for her. Um, and he proceeds to like try and recapture it, and obviously he's too late. Leela finds him, and then there here comes Santa. Um, to kill them, basically. Yeah. Before and, and that, we robot, a... robot Santa, uh, Santa Claus robot is just absolutely hilarious. Like some of the lines he comes up with are just absolutely fantastic. Voiced by uh, John Goodman in this episode, yeah. um, who I think does a wonderful job, and uh, you know, such a such a recognizable, like uh, you know, jovial. You, you know, do you know what I mean? John Goodman would would be really good casting for Santa. So like him playing robot Santa is just like a. I think I think it's the perfect voice for this character. I I didn't know it was John Goodman. You say recognizable. I didn't know it was John Goodman until um, watching this. And I, I I don't I think that's because I perhaps just assumed that it was John DiMaggio. Well, um, I think the reason for that is that um, in only in this episode does John Goodman voice uh, Robot Santa. Mm. And Robot Santa is a character who comes back time and again right. in Futurama. And every other episode, he's voiced by Joe DiMaggio. That makes sense. So, yeah, that so makes maybe sense. it's just that Joe DiMaggio is such a good voice actor and he does such a good impression of um, John Goodman doing this Santa voice. Um, you know, And I think Joe DiMaggio is probably up there as like maybe one of the best voice actors of all time in terms of you know what he can do. And maybe that's why you watch this and you said, oh, of course it's Joe DiMaggio and he's just you know channeling a John Goodman-esque accent. I, I just assumed everyone is... Is Joe DiMaggio or Billy West? Like that's my go-to. Um, I wonder who that is. That oh, must be either that either or Frank John Walker, or... who voices the parrot in this episode. Because um, you cannot have an animal sound in anything in Hollywood unless Frank Welker is involved. Yes, that is that is the law. That's the way it should be <laughs> that's as well. The law. <laughs> um, so let's 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 just finish off this plot and then let's go to let's just talk about you know this as a as an episode of Christmas television. Um, I love so, I go on, Joe. So I was just going to say yeah. So so the basically when um, Santa Claus robot basically appears and they basically they, they try and um, like basically appeal to him, bribe him, say you know look please don't kill us this that and the other. Um, you know, you're on the naughty list, I can't do anything. And then I think it was one of your favourite lines, wasn't it, where they're talking about, you know, you've not been nice this year. And I've been very nice, even to Zoidberg. No, I swear it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's some great jokes here. He goes, um, you know, oh, I've checked my list and you've been very naughty. And he goes, check it again. And he goes, I perform, you know, 100 mega checks per second or something like that. Yeah, yeah it's a great, it's, uh, it's a great it's robot a... joke. Um and one of my other favourite jokes, and I'll just say that for every line in this, is um, he says to Bender, oh, Bender, you've been very bad. And he goes, it wasn't me, it was the kid. And he goes, trying to frame an orphan. Bender, this is so naughty, I'll have to put it on my list right now. And he gets out a pen and this bit of paper and starts writing. <laughs> Bender. And, he's, and they all, like, one by one, they're like, they run away. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, is he just going to... All right then. <laughs> I think that's such a. I think, I think, I think my favourite. Um, I think my favourite joke has to be the one where Bender's. Um, they're talking to Bender about how like selfish he is, and Bender goes, "I'm plenty generous. What about the time I gave blood? Whose blood? Some guys." <laughs> um. <laughs> Brilliant! It's so good. It's so good. And I think it's one of those we've mentioned already. It's the rate of jokes, but it does. 
I think that's a reflection of the series overall. Of, of and and by the way, I'm so going to watch Futurama immediately after I finish recording this episode with you because now I've, we've got a real, like it's so good. Um, but yeah, they're just you the written jokes that, that we, we we fly through, and and they're all so like funny and Christmas related as well, which is which is good. Um, so the the I guess the kind of final part of this episode is them trying to outsmart the the robot Santa. Uh, and well, Fry's Fry's parrot basically saves their life um, because he flies in front of a tow missile, um, <laughs> and he's killed. And blows up. Yeah, um, and then Fry quirps that um, oh Leela, I think your um, present is going to need some assembly. <laughs> <laughs> which which is which comes before the um, the the joke where he's. So the the mistletoe joke, um, yes. Because your mistletoe mistletoe. is no match for my toe missile, (laughs) which makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) But the missile has T O W on it. No, no, I know, I know. But like, it's a great funny line. But it's like, what? (laughs) I think a toe missile is a is a thing actually. Oh Um, well, I guess um, I'm not a a, a, you're not a missile missile guy. I'm not a missile guy, you know. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what TOE stands for. Um I'm Google. Oh, it stands for tube launched, optically cracked uh, tracked, wire guided. Well I retract I retract that then. Obviously So well done. Obviously that's a very clever joke based in reality. Um Yeah. And I'm a moron. Yeah. Um, Good but yeah, it's a funny bit and that. kind of like it's there's not I don't think there's actually much singing in this episode. I think no. it's maybe a later Christmas episode of Futurama where they like sing a lot of the lines. Um, yes, which yeah. I'm less I'm less fond of. I will I will be honest. But the, so at this point, um, he comes down the chimney in the Planet Express building, and then and then claims have all been naughty, except for Doctor Zoidberg. Except for Doctor Zoidberg. This stick. is for you. And he gives him a pogo stick. And pogo again, stick. Zoidberg, Zoidberg is is legitimately like my favourite character in Futurama, aside from yeah. you know the main three. Just because, Aww. like, then all he's doing is bouncing around with his pogo stick while Santa's like trying so to kill happy. the rest of them, and he's and so like, happy as well. You know how you know how like four minutes ago I said that Farnsworth was my favorite character yeah. in Futurama. Now it's Zoidberg actually <laughs> just reminding me who Zoidberg is. I think we'll, they all have episodes where they're your favorite character. To be fair, it's uh, every yeah. episode. Yeah, it goes up. We'll and move down. on. We'll move on to another one soon. Um, I'll remember how good Bender is in a minute, and we'll go from there. <laughs> Um, we then get fight, 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 and they and they fight the they fight Santa. They 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 manage to Bender accidentally electrocute him, doesn't he? He's bouncing oh, on his pogo oh, stick, and he accidentally Zoidberg. Sorry, yeah. So Zoidberg um, accidentally um, snips the um, one of the fairy lights with his mm-hmm. claw, and it basically electrocutes Santa, <laughs> and it allows him to push him into the fire. Roll the roll the um, and it's you know this is something I saw in the very first shot of this episode. And I was like, "Is that always there?" Because there's this big, like, it looks like a vault door from Fallout in the in the in the room for Planet Express. And I honestly, like, I, I'd have to go back and look to see if it's there every every week. Um, and that comes back in the final act, and it's like a it's a Santa proof um, fireplace guard that you put in front of the fireplace to stop Santa coming down the chimney and murdering you. Yeah. Um, well, which is everyone needs. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, it's now like a that. COVID uh, guard, and it's not as effective against chimneys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but anyway, they, they push him into the chimney, and um, you know, because he started laughing, and he's going to explode basically. 
Um, and then he explodes and shoots out the chimney and we kind of have like a, you know, quite a wholesome sort of moment where they all just, you know, sit around and... Bender cooks. Uh, Bender goes and retrieves the dead parrot, um, which is like burned to a crisp and they decide to eat it. Because um, <laughs> yeah. he's like... And and Fry's like, you, you went and got free food off the street. He's like, where I get all my food? <laughs> where I get all the food that I cook. And this, and this you've had you guys mentioned your favourite your favorite quotes from this episode, and this is my one. And it's Fry doing the Christmas, you know, like this is the crescendo of the of the of the Christmas special is where the character talks about what's important about Christmas and why Christmas is important, all that stuff. And he says uh, look, the food isn't what's important. And, and uh, Tinny Tim goes, I'm so hungry. And then they just move away. <laughs> so pathetic. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Very quickly. And then he says, the important thing is that we're all together for Xmas. Even though I'm surrounded by robots and monsters and old people, I've never felt more at home. And that's a, that, and that's a, that's a nice, that's, that's your spirit, uh, spirit of Christmas finish, isn't it? Which is what yeah. you want from this type of thing. So um, I guess having finished that, and, you know, um, we'll have a bring out your dead moment towards the end, I think, because we definitely there's some jokes that we've missed that we maybe want to like highlight um, because this again, so dense. Um, bring in, out in the best your way dead. <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Um, so I guess the question is like, this is a Christmas bonanza. We're talking Christmas here, you know, like watching this episode, guys, as, you know, um, Men in their thirties slash seventy early seventies, um, you know, did this make you feel Christmassy? Did this like Man, early seventies? They were the days. No, you're in your early seventies, Joe. You keep forgetting, damn it. Uh, <laughs> like, and I was this... making a joke about when I, I'm older than seventy, Dave. Jesus Christ! Never yeah, mind. Keep carry up, on, Dave. Keep up. So, <laughs> does this make me feel Christmassy? Um, yes, because I think it's, I think it's one of those like great subversions of the Christmas um, story. Of the Christmas special, and I think that when you when you watch these shows, you want to you you obviously most of the, of the kind of more straight laced shows are going for that real nice moment, you know, wonderful life or whatever it is has that moment at the end where yeah. everyone comes together. You know, you can't help but feel the warmth of of like family. That's what Christmas a lot of is about. Is it's about yeah, childhood, time together, it's about people remembering yeah, all of the nice the nice times you had as a kid, and then how you turn I'm that so into hungry. like a, I'm so I'm so hungry, and then and then you turn that into like your adult version of Christmas, where um, you maybe do Christmas in a different way, you know, where you're not going to bed at eight o'clock and sleeping and waking up in the morning and that, but you still have that feeling. I think that's why Christmas is so um, like magical, is because it's. It, indoctrinated into us from a young age about Santa and all this stuff and I think this is a great example of like adult Christmas and ha- and, and I I can um, you know sitting up on Christmas Eve and watching this is would be such good fun and would get you in the Christmas spirit in, in a way that's a little bit different from you know your yeah. classic Christmas movies or um, or even TV shows even, even the more kind of um, straight laced ones, a bit like The Simpsons, maybe you know mm-hmm. the first episode of Simpsons, um, which is a obviously was it's a Christmas special, and that is that is again another subversion because that's a more grounded version of of what happens at Christmas where everyone's arguing and there's no money and 
but Homer manages to bring it home. And it get all works out okay. Stuff. Exactly. exactly. And, 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 it's, and it's the family thing, series, isn't it? And that's it? what they're going for in yeah. this. Via palm trees and Crazy homeless robots. shelters for robots and a robotic Santa. So I think that's a good... That's like a good... Um, it's a good subversion of, of what we're expecting, yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess from, from my point of view, I would say... I generally don't like kind of Christmas episodes in TV shows, and I think it is because they're all pretty much the same. It's all kind of like, like you say, there's always like, oh, you know, it turns out someone messes up. The peasants either get miss, go missing or they spend the money yeah. on something stupid or something goes massively wrong, Christmas is ruined, and then all of a sudden at the end everything works out okay. They somehow manage to get it all together. and. It's just tiresome. So, like Christmas, Christmas episodes and Christmas films for me generally, they, they like it isn't something that I kind of look forward to. It's cliched. It's been done before, and just kind of just give me monster of the week. That's kind of that's kind of my thing. But this episode in particular, I do enjoy because it is completely different. And yes, I know, like at the end, it kind of has that happy ending kind of thing. Um, apart from obviously Tinny Tim dying of starvation. No, I'm sure loads more episodes. But other that aside, you know, it is it's, it is completely different, and um, I think yeah, for that that reason, I kind of really enjoy this as a Christmas episode. Yeah, um, I would tend to agree with 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 what you both said. I think I this is a really fun episode of TV. I think this is a a good Christmas story. It's I think. You know, in my opinion, this is overwhelmingly heartwarming in a, in a good way. That maybe not every episode of Future Armor is, and certainly not every series is. And you know, like even down to when they're all opening cards, and like Bender's got a card from the robot arm. You know, the the mechanical arm that built him in the factory. And he's like, oh, <laughs> it's from my mum. And it's like a. Do you know what? That's, there's there's no there's no like um, there's no uppercut in that joke, and there so often is in these things. That's just a nice, sweet joke. And there's quite it a is. lot of that, and it's quite a nice, heartwarming episode about like a bunch of people coming together, and that is the strength of any Christmas story has to be about like people coming together and just enjoying one another's company on Christmas, you know? Um, or, I'm so hungry. or running from a robotic Santa who is making endless uh, Christmas <laughs> quips. Which I yeah. think is, and that's and that's probably the biggest point of like this is this is the biggest subversion, isn't it? Is we get <clears throat> we get all of these other things, palm trees and whatever else, um, and yet the, they they save the biggest thing from the last. I think from a from just like that production point, I think it works so well. And you mentioned this at the start, Joe, of holding off until we get to the point where, where you know what's going to happen next, and then it, it ends up being. Something so bombastic and so huge, but but the thing is that like they managed to do it, and and like even though obviously evil Santa is evil and it's a robot, he's trying to kill them. They managed to do it, and despite despite that fact, it, it never seems that threatening. If you know what I mean, they still managed to make him almost this like comedic figure, which is like really really well done. Um, it's kind of like the Futurama thing, though. Like no one's actually yes. ever in any danger in Futurama, no. and even if they're killed, they're you know they're cloned or something. And it's all fine. Like, you know, that's the overwhelming theme generally. And this is very much in that vein of like, oh no, we're running away from evil robot Santa who is trying to blow us up and, and everything. But, you know, ultimately we know it's going to be fine and it's just enjoying the the chase, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 
So in terms of things that I want to mention, some nice trivia about Conan O'Brien. And um, Conan O'Brien, obviously a a writer on The Simpsons, but by this point was was well into um, his uh, uh, late night show. show, Yeah, yeah, career. So he's, he's a head in a jar, which... Let's just take a moment to appreciate the genius of that joke and how long-standing <laughs> it is. Like, yeah, the Richard Nixon bits are some of the best bits. Oh, my God. Just the idea... Do you know what the funniest thing about that joke is? And Obviously, this is off-topic a bit, but the funniest joke is that people like George Washington, who were dead 400 years before this technology was developed, <laughs> are somehow heads in jars. Like, well, no, more than that, 400 years and, and and then another thousand years. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it was, it's just, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. <laughs> um, and, and so basically they, they, they animated, because Conan O'Brien apparently has a very large head, um, they animated him to, the, so his head was sticking out the top of the jar. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. However, it, I think it caused problems because of, like, the way that the animated layers worked is usually the the heads in the jars were all one unit or whatever else, and so the you know the however it worked didn't didn't really made it difficult for the animators to figure that out, which I just think is great that they persisted with it because it is a really good joke, um, and and I like those like completely needless and totally tiny unless you notice it um, that no other character's heads stick out the jars other than Conan O'Brien's. I think that's really fun. I really like that. One of my favourite things from it, uh, I must say, is the um, the reference to um, the Jamaican bobsled team, um, <laughs> which you know, obviously, you know, they, they made the film Cool Runnings from, um, and I just thought that was really, really cool. Um, Do you know what you know, is the, the best thing about it. that, Joe? Is that it's, it's it's followed immediately by the bobsled turns over and they push him down anyway. Yeah, Cool Runnings is probably up there as one of my kind of my favorite kind of films from from when I was younger. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I really like one of the one of the gags I really liked. I'm sure I'm sure you mentioned when we were first watching this, Joe, is the clock face. Um, yes. So <laughs> when Fry's going to rescue the parrot, he goes up the skyscraper. He comes out onto a ledge, and there's a digital clock beneath him. Um, and there's a sign um, which makes, makes me laugh. It goes, uh, you know, it's, um, dangerous ledge, no banana peels. <laughs> Best sight gag in the in the episode, I think. It's just just so so good, so good. Definitely. Um, and then essentially, anyway, he falls onto this clock, and I think it's actually referencing. I looked into this. It's referencing a film from the twenties, a silent movie, where someone falls off a ledge, and they're hanging on to you know like on a, on a proper clock onto one of the hands, like the mm-hmm. minute hand or something, and as time moves on the hand moves down and i think he starts to lose his grip but fry falls and he grabs on to like the top of the nine or whatever it is on the on the number and as it the number changes um it bits remove and he falls down and eventually like falls off the bottom bit and it's just like that makes no sense i think it gets to number seven isn't it there's nothing to hold on to at seven it just goes and drops in the episode but I loved it because, like, you can tell what it's referencing, but it's doing it in that like future armory sort of like future way, um, which is very clever, mm-hmm. I thought, and, and a really underrated sort of little bit of animation. Um, and I can my 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 brain, um, you know, I just it's hard to imagine the amount of work that goes into like thinking up all these things that we're looking at on screen. Yeah, 
not only that, that, that so at the end of the episode we get the clock, which is like a big Ben thing with a, with a digital, you know, Casio clock in, which is dead fun. There's a it's actually a time with seconds, um, and I think they in, they from from what I can tell they uh, animated it so that it would be the near enough the exact time on the day that it was actually put out. Um, because wow. they would have known the time slot, so they know at the end of the episode it's been twenty three minutes or whatever. So they say that it's, you know, with half an hour, it's uh, half past six. I can't remember exactly what the time half is. Past four, it's, I think, is, is the time on the actual clock. Yeah, and then by and they, you know, they say it's twenty eight minutes or whatever it is until the end of the episode, which it's the type. Of, it's the type of like attention to detail that I think Futurama absolutely nails and does so well. Everything from the accurate. Um, you know, math maths they have on the on the blackboards, to the, all of the sight gags, to all of the uh, jokes that keep coming back, recursive jokes, all this stuff. I think it's just, it's just this is probably the peak of twentieth century animation. You know, like Simpsons was Simpsons was was great and it invented a lot of this stuff. Futurama is what refined it and turned it into a show that you. It's just completely timeless. You know, and mm-hmm. and even after. 20 years which is where we're at now it holds up so so well and i i, I do wonder about you know how much other animation could um, say the same thing yeah it's uh it's certainly up there um just in terms of like you said it's it's so solid and so well made and and, and kind of like a, a really great example of of the genre um and again 1999 seems so long ago um, we are old. There is one thing in this that's like, I don't know who the cultural references are for, so um, I'm just gonna just gonna read a couple. So um, we've already mentioned about Tinny Tim. It's obviously a Charles Dickens reference. That one's kind of like you know low hanging fruit, isn't it? You know everyone would get that. Um, I don't know if you guys met, uh, noticed the Charlie Brown reference at the beginning mm-hmm. with um, the ice rink, yeah, which is more like from Osmosis because it's not something I watched as a kid, but I'm aware of it. With the ice rink, um, it's like a peanuts joke. Uh, we talked about um, the clock is a reference to the film from 1923. It's called Safety Last, which obviously I haven't seen because I'm not, you know, watching loads of silent movies from the 20s. Um, but there's a joke we haven't mentioned, which is that um, the Planet Express crew have have um, bought each other gifts. Zoidberg has bought a set of combs for Amy who has sold her hair to buy a set of combs for Hermes, who has sold his hair to buy a set of combs for Zoidberg, who has bought Hermes and Amy's hair and therefore is really happy to receive a set of combs for it. It's a really funny joke. It's like It works perfectly. This is a reference to a 1905 story. Oh, my God. This this show is made by a bunch of Harvard nerds, and like no one else would be aware of this. Um, the story is called The Gift of the Magi, and it's a story where... A husband and wife mm. who are quite broke um, buy each other presents. Uh, the husband um, buys, uh, sells his pocket watch to buy his wife a set of, of lovely combs. And his wife sells her hair to buy her husband a new pocket watch chain. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to mention it because like, I just think that's kind of like what you get with Futurama is there's so much baked into it that you know, you might watch this episode a hundred times and never ever realize that's referencing something. Yeah, um, I'd heard of this actually. Um, I hadn't made a connection, but 
it, I think it reminds me of there's an episode called The Gift of the Maggie. Um, in oh, Simpsons. The Simpsons, yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's one of those funny things where it's like because we're uncultured swines. Um, oink, most oink. of my culture, yeah, mo- most of my cultural references come from The Simpsons, and then I went and figured out what the actual. Um, <laughs> Like source material was. So, it's that moment, you know it's that I mean? moment so, when you watch Citizen Kane and you think this is really familiar. Yeah, you're like the, they've got the cane from Citizen Kane. You're like, are oh, you nodding? Like, and then Lisa says, "Wait a minute, there wasn't a cane in Citizen Kane." <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's a total. That's the story of my my adult life. Sam is 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 realizing watching like you know realizing things are you know have been referenced in The Simpsons, and that's where I know them from. Yeah, and yeah, the because Futurama is also a great example of that as well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's loads of stuff in there. Yeah. Okie dokie. There we go. Our first Christmas episode. I'm really, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed this. I think it's a really good. Um, I, I can't say that we've been particularly critical or analysed this episode at all in any way. But it's Christmas. Christmas. I think these are just going to be fun episodes about. Let's get loads of food. Let's get loads of drink. Let's enjoy ourselves and just relax. And Sam, enjoy we've been in lockdown. These. I think twenty twenty has been a, been a shit year. of a year. So yeah, just have as much fun as you can. Absolutely. Um, but we'll be back next week with um, another Christmas episode from my beloved series, um, and we'll decide if that's any good. So here's wishing you a merry December, and we will see you. We'll be back next week. See you later. See you then. I'll be back, back when you least expect it.